welcome to the Strongman State Podcast um, with Lee Shaw, Strengthsen, and myself. Uh, another episode. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks. We're a little bit behind this week. We're like three days behind, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, nah, it's fine. We, yeah. we live busy lives as online coaches, you know. <laughs> uh, middleweight series happened on the weekend, part of why we had a busy uh, weekend, mm. a busy life. Uh, middleweight series was run down here in Strong Geelong. Uh, our man Lee Shaw competed and podiumed, coming third. Mm. Uh, how do you think you went? Uh, pretty <laughs> That's good. That's the most Lee pretty Shaw good. start of ever. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> good, but can always do a little bit better. Yeah, it's very difficult. Which, which is which is every comp. Yes, of course. Uh, ha- happy that everything's pretty well consistent. But mm. then um, I used to always talk to. It was like talking to Ron all the time. We always used to talk about like just the luck of the day. Because mm, so many people like, you know, it's not about luck. You know, you have to work hard, this and that. Like luck's not a part of it if you're good mm. enough. And I'm like, luck can go either way mm. all the time and yep. you can't predict it. Yes. So like last sandbag throw mm-hmm. where it like teeters over the bar and then yep. falls back. And I'm like, that just went over. That would have been a couple of good points. Yeah, look, I agree. There's a there's an element of luck. I don't think luck matters. I'll disagree. I don't think luck matters if you are that good that it's if you're so above the group. Yep. That it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're so good, like I mean Anthony Furman in OSG, when I was over there like two thousand eighteen, he won five out of five events. There was no luck. Yeah. Like he just fucking crushed it. Do you know what I mean? It's like that's pretty rare though. It's very rare. Yeah, yeah. Things like that. Like everyone, I think on a day when there's a tight group as tight as mm. the weekend was, and I think definitely a little bit of luck in terms of the sandbag swinging and hitting over the right way or, you know, that stone just like coming off the floor nicely or something like that, not sticking yep. a little bit or, you know, not there's a, there's like little things in every... Yeah, event. there's you an element people, to it. Yeah, you see people do and it's just like, oh, if that just would have gone their way on that, they probably mm. would have shaved a second or they probably would have got an extra rep or whatever yep. it might be. So definitely an element of luck, especially in a tight group where you see most competitors make one or two slip-ups or have one or two little unlucky mishaps throughout yep. the day. Yeah. Yeah, if it's tight enough, like you've done that many yoke runs mm. where if you misstep and drop it and it costs you so many seconds and so many points. Oh, dude. And I you could you could either be like, well, just be stronger and don't screw it up. Yeah. And sometimes it's just like, I never just, drop it. I, it was I just unlucky. It. Like there was that year where Dan Macri was giving me shit of the arm. Yeah. And he's like, had a bit of a run lately dropping yokes. And I was like, yoke is like <laughs> one of my best events. And I was like, fuck off, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like yoke is one of my best events. But uh, I just kept making like small little steps. Like in yep. training, I never dropped it and stuff. But in comps, I just kind of, I dropped it twice doing two big comps like Arnold's and Ohio Arnold's. Yep. Uh, which cost me drastically. So yeah, definitely mm. like training can be indicative of everything going really well. And sometimes you just make little screw ups. Yeah, get a little bit unlucky. So, like, even if luck really went my way, yeah, Nick was winning the comp. Nick was because he was super consistent yeah. across the board. But yeah. in luck, it's like the sandbag or the stone or those tiny things. Yeah, would be the extra couple of points between second and third. Yeah, and I mean first was out in front. There's no luck that was gonna yeah. get me that. Right. I just needed to be stronger. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> look, and that's the thing. Like, uh, that's when you're like, how'd you go? 
Uh, and I'm like, for fuck's sake, Lee. You did great. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll sing his praises for him. He did great. Mm. Um, like, in terms of, like, when you're looking at training and you look at how he competed and stuff like that, everything that training indicated, you did on the day. Right? Yeah. I would say there's not much besides maybe gassing out on the stone. Yeah. Like, besides, and that's, you do stone at the front end of a, like, a training session or whatever versus the back end of a big comp just spread out you know yeah i was really realistic with each event mm. like everyone's like you're gonna pull 350 i'm like after that yoke and farmers and the log <laughs> probably not i'd love to <laughs> yeah would yeah. love to i know what i yeah. want yeah but i know how each event goes yep. and i think that's where i've just done it so long now that yes you have a good idea of like where you're yeah. sitting because um, i'd open light and everyone's like why are you opening so light i'm like because warm-ups feel shit yeah Heavy. And I don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> yeah, so let's give me some room because yeah. otherwise I'll just hit my first. Yeah. Uh, highlight performance. Like, obviously in a tight group, it's hard to stand out as a highlight performance. But I think Nick mm. Dunn definitely stood out as maybe not like there was highlight performances or like really good performance is in different events, but stood out as someone who was just mm. very consistent across the day. Yeah. Um, and I would say obviously easier to stand out in a – Less packed weight class, but obviously Camilla, yeah, without a doubt, always. I mean, she pulled two fifty in a suit, which is huge, massive deadlift. Yeah, we're talking like under what's your comedian under seventy threes. Yeah, yeah, under seventy three feet, weighing seventy. Yeah, seventy one. Yeah, pulled two fifty on the weekend. Yeah, huge, huge, mm. huge. Um, so obviously, like stand, like she was obviously and always was a standout. Um, the 90s were a good battle. Yep. I felt like that was like everyone had some good events and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, a bit of back and forth. Yeah, a bit of back and forth, which made it interesting. Um, and then obviously like 82 females, just probably not enough competitors in there to, yep. do you know what I mean? Like they're kind of running in separate races a little bit. Mm. Um, the 82s as a whole are very thin at the moment. Mm. And they both Compared did really, to what they used to be. Both did really well and had a good crack, but definitely yep. running... Uh, in terms of com competition, probably running a separate ra like race, yep. I think, which is, I think the hard thing, I, hopefully we see this, and I was talking to Mason about this the other day in terms of competitor list, hopefully by running this, we start to see people get motivated to train and compete more and start to fill the weight classes or we start yep. to get better depth in the weight class, but it's kind of a project of passion for a year or two to see if it pays off or see if it builds up, whether it's yep. worth continuing to run the middleweight series. Yeah, if enough people jump in. Yes. Yeah, and for sure. if enough people stop thinking I'm only going to jump in if I'm going to win. Mm, yeah. And definitely. just jump in. Yeah. Which is what the 105s were good for. Yeah. And the one's like, oh, you boys are competing. Yeah. I'll come compete. There wasn't a thought of, oh, stuff that I'm going to come sixth. Yeah. It was just, that looks like a fun day. And in fairness, and it's not like a dig to competitors at all, but if we didn't have, or like us, if we didn't have the 105s as it was from a spectator or viewing perspective, we wouldn't mm. have had a comp to watch. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it really was the 105s and then there was other weight classes going yeah. on. But the 105s was the spectacle on yeah. the weekend because it was so tight. And that's not a slight on any of the other weight classes. They all did fantastic. It's a slight on all the people that didn't turn up. Bang on. 
not the people that did turn <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not like no one didn't turn up, but they just like in terms of signing up or like throwing a hat in the ring. Like yeah. I'd love to see more depth in all those weight classes to make it a fantastic fucking competition to view yep. in all the weight classes because the 105s was great. Like Nick was consistent but he wasn't the best all day. Yep. You know what I mean? Like it really was like someone took out the yoke and someone like, like Charles and Jace did great on the yoke. Um, yep. Yeah, well, Charles won the yoke. Yeah, mm. super quick. Yeah, That's a quick run. Um, and then you like, then it swings around and you've got Tom taking out the deadlift. Uh, oh, no, nah, Nick, Nick still no, got Nick it. Nick took the deadlift as well. Yeah. Um, Tom would have had it on his last. Yeah, sorry, I forgot he missed the last one. Mm. Um, but yeah, definitely like swings around about through the day, yep. um, a lot of point sharing and a lot of movement throughout the ranks throughout yep. those five events, which was, makes it super interesting. Yeah. Different people won. Yeah. Different person won every event. Most. Pretty sure. Because Mick won... The sandbags. Sandbags. Yeah. So it was like Mick and Declan there. Yeah. And then Charles... I think it was just Charles and Simon. Yeah. Maybe got the stone. Yeah. The 150. Yeah. Which is a great stone as well after a yep. big day. Mm. 150 is a good stone to shoulder. Yeah. 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 So it was a great day. Mm. Well, like there was plenty of like great highlights and good promise for the middleweight series. Just want to see that grow. And I guess if you're listening to this and you're in the strongman uh, community, uh, a little push to jump into those series events as much as possible, uh, not just to get points, but so I can watch good comps sitting on the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Queensland one will be good. Yeah. Queensland I think a lot of good. people have already jumped in on that. I think there's still quite a, it's quite thin in some weight classes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the whole thing. It's like when you run a middleweight series and people aren't traveling, it's like, do we even have enough 73s in or 82s in Queensland to fill out a competition or to have a competition or run a competition? It's like, yeah, like the 82s for us. It's like, well, in Vic, we don't have enough 82s ready to throw their yeah, hand in willing to yeah so it's just hard to feel a competition mm. so is it worthwhile in terms of long term and this is probably another thing like if you are thinking about it and you're like i want to jump in that next year or the year after i would be throwing your hat in the ring now you to might make sure not that, be there yeah to make <laughs> sure like this is a test yeah you know what i mean like this is a prototype series that like australia strongest is running um if it doesn't go well if there's not the competitor uh, buy-in then there won't be a series in a year or two yeah um, which would be a shame because it's a great initiative mm. then it'll just come back to the january comp at compound yeah and for, probably for middleweights more, and probably and more it. regional comps and stuff yeah. like that potentially but yeah it would definitely just shift what's going on in australia and competitor like uh options yeah. throughout the year for those weight classes especially yeah if it falls through and people don't turn up and then the next people come around and they're like, oh, I just wish there was like an Australia strongest for the weight classes and we get out, <laughs> we get our time to shine. By that stage, I'm going to be so old and like <laughs> jaded. Back in my day, you motherfuckers didn't turn yeah. up. <laughs> be the old man posting Instagram stories, yeah. having shots at people. Yeah. Getting banned off Strongman Australia yeah. by John, who's like 105 by then. Yeah. <laughs> Still admitting Strongman Australia. Just ranting. <laughs> ranting. Getting in little uh, Facebook squabbles for the younger generation. Yeah. I'm pretty close already. Oh, we could kick that back up. Strongman <laughs> Australia's been really quiet. Make strongman great again. Yeah. <laughs> Make middleweights great again. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
That's exactly where we're going to be, though. It's not far off. Yeah, I feel like we're on <laughs> Like, I hit 30 and now I'm like, oh, I'm a grumpy old man now. Yeah. As soon as I'm a dad, I'm a grumpy dad for sure. Like, yeah, all right, let's go. I can, I've got that title now. It's official. I can just lean on that. I'm getting pissed off. Let's make a podcast yeah. and, like, let's just <laughs> yeah, like rant dirty. through that. Yeah. Just air dirty laundry on the podcast. Yep. And have our five followers that listen avidly and agree with us. <laughs> yeah, you got to have that confirmation <laughs> yeah, bias. confirmation bias. Just the five people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of confirmation bias mm. and slighting other strong men, which we're not here to do. Um, but Jerry Pritchett put up a good post <laughs> yeah. on the weekend after Giants Live. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to see uh, followers defend vehemently their favorite strongman. Yep. When it was clearly evident that like that's probably a fair statement. It's weird because if you're not getting attacked, you're like, oh yeah, that's that's terrible. Mm. They should lock out their deadlifts, this mm. and this. If you were the person competing, you'd be like, oh well, I'm just doing what I'm told. Well, and that's the thing. It's, the it's ref, not my fault, right? It's the referee. The referee mm. and the standards probably need to be upheld a bit better. What we're talking about is Giants live on the weekend. Um, and the uh, some questions being raised uh, and some people sort of like a little bit disappointed in the standard of refereeing or judging and the standard of what we're calling a locked out deadlift. And it wasn't just uh, Mitch Hooper who hitched his deadlift for quite mm. some time and then sort of sat back with it. It was a couple athletes um, in general over that day who it looked like were pretty soft through the knees and it was kind of given the down call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, I think it's fair. Yeah. If you're chasing records, mm. you sort of have to, even Eddie's wasn't like perfect, mm. but how far do you go before it's halfway down your leg and you're yeah. just leaning back? Yeah. And I think that's, that's the thing. It's like, are you supporting the bar? Yep. Like, are you leaning back and supporting the bar mm. or are you standing up? Yeah. It's like knees locked out. I mean, this is like, I've been called for it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like when I was younger, like when I was like 2021, like powerlifting, because the powerlifting is so strict on it. Yeah. Right? Like I don't reckon. They call soft knees straight away. Oh, yeah. And like a lot of 400 kilo deadlifts. Yeah. Right? Like I would say that like a lot of 400 kilo deadlifts that I see happen from lifters. And like I've never locked out 400, so I don't know what it takes or what it <laughs> looks like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let me coach from my couch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, like. A lot of the time, like, I would call soft knees on that. Like, I'm talking, yep. like, 50%, 60% of the time, I'd be like, Phew. Yep. That's, like, get to lock out, throw the hips through, but the knees soften up again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, if it was in powerlifting, no dice. And, like, how do we make sure that we're kind of like, well, no, the standard is knees locked out, shoulders yep. in line with ears. Like, we lock our deadlifts out. Because yep. otherwise, yes, for the pursuit of – chasing records we watered down what the actual sport is mm. and the standard of the sport and that flows down i think because that deadlift comp mm. um they had set weights yes they didn't get to pick their weights yes and they were weird jumps yeah and they were big jumps because they're looking for records right yeah. yeah so it was like it was 425 then to 455 yeah then to 470 Five or something mm -hmm. like that yeah and then straight to 505 <laughs> and it's like looking at everyone's training it's like no one's probably hitting 505 like 
We can hype the comp as much as we want. No one's looking What's close. What's the fucking point? Like, yeah. what are they doing 505? No one was going to get fucking near. Like, yep. I just understand. Yeah, like, and then you see the 475s come up and you're mm. like, all right, maybe we won't put 505 on the bar today, but nah, fuck it. Let's send it. Hey, just go for it anyway. <laughs> like, let's all miss 505 by a fucking country mile. Yeah. I just like. <laughs> yeah, so there up. was. A lot of people that were like, oh, it'd be good if it, you could pick your jumps because then I think it was like Bilton or somebody else could mm. have gone for their like national record. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Kind of thing. Yeah, great. And it would have given them set numbers to like tick off. Mm -hmm. But yeah, being set at that. So I think less people are going to have soft knees and cheat reps when they're not forced to have those attempts. Yes, correct. Like if they're professional athletes they and they, in their means kind yeah, of thing, they get to right? pick yeah. their attempts. Yeah. They'll but be a little bit more modest about it and probably lock it out better. Maybe. I've seen some of the training videos. They tend to lock out everything. So. Um, yeah. In general, like a lot of those big athletes, like I would say in their training videos or like following them, yeah. a lot of them tend to like be relatively soft on the lockout. Like their, their queuing is like hips through, right? Yep. Not like, like squad drive the hips through yeah like it's like their knees are pretty much always soft because once they get to the knees they kind of like throw the hips through and lean back as opposed mm. to like locking out and coming up or extending up i've seen some of those guys just not drive their hips through yeah as well yeah well, as just like back. a training method. yeah yeah oh like not even finish oh yeah they as just a training method yeah. to keep pushing I hate it when i don't finish more weight hate it when they don't finish <laughs> don't want to leave you're just yeah. wanting a little bit more yeah <laughs> it's just a tease yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think you're totally right. Like yeah. training method, fine. It's like not pushing your head through on the log during training. Yeah, fantastic as long as you can push your fucking head through when it matters, right? It counts. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> but then everyone says you're doing half reps in training. Yeah, and I guess like with these jumps and like set jumps, it makes it hard for them to have that control over the day and yeah. probably live within their means as well. You're totally right. So. Mm. I agree. Like some of them I think also could just be working on that. And I think also having like being able to choose the loads yeah. that you know that you can sort of hit properly um, to, the, to a standard would yep. be good. But then also like at the end of the day, the buck stops with like organizers and referees, right? Well, every other pro comp, the weights are selected and they're pretty reasonable mm. for everybody. Yeah. And then there's this one thing where it's like yeah. bad luck you're doing. So it's 40 kilo jumps or whatever. Yeah. So it's organizers setting dumb jumps, like putting 505 in the bar when no one is like Thor and Eddie are an anomaly. Right? Yeah. Like that's just not going to happen every fucking year. Like but so you want people to redline every year and near break. Totally. Right. To like go they're, for a record. They're, they're, they're probably not going to get. And two, like if we're just going to push that, then at least like word up your, uh, like referees and stuff and be like, cool, but we need to high hold this to the highest standard. Right? Yeah. Um, because otherwise you got shitty reps getting shitty damn calls, you know, um, yeah. which doesn't look good for the sport. Like 505 looks great for the sport. But then when the fucking joke of the like lifting community, when mm. strongman already has hitches, suits, fucking <laughs> figure eight straps where we're fingertipping bars. Yeah. And now suddenly you're going to allow like shit lockouts. And it's like, well, we're already a joke to most gym meme pages yeah. and you're just going to make it worse by saying, yep, cool, down. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Imagine if they throw the kabuki bar in. The kabuki bar? Yeah, have you not seen that? No. You know the guy that pulled um, the sumo deadlift? 
that massive oh, the, one. Yeah, 505 or something. Yeah. Like the straps, yeah. So that's on a kabuki bar. And that, I can't remember what the bar's called. It's longer than a deadlift bar. Oh, so it's like somewhere between like a mammoth bar kind of thing, yeah. It's a little bit longer, so yeah. people that pull sumo can stand that little bit wider. Oh. <laughs> and it flexes just that little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So, so he pulled that, uh, the... F- uh, the black female chick, she pulled like 300 or it was an all-time powerlifting record. Yeah. She pulled something stupid and then John Hack pulled something stupid on it as well. Yeah, and everyone was like, oh, hang on a second. Yeah, but it was the sumo where everyone's like, he's standing really wide. Yeah, yeah. And the bar only came up to here. Yeah, he's, that's, yeah. that's not a lift. <laughs> yeah, so there's that bar now that's getting thrown in some comps. Oh. Yeah. It's a thing. Not in strongman. Yeah. In some powerlifting comps. I just thought that could have to be a, like, like that's the whole beauty of powerlifting, right? Is that it's standardized mm. better than strongman. Like, power bars are X wide with X diameter, and yeah. the rings are here and here, and deadlift bars are this to this. And like, we had standards around the barbells, so they're yeah. always the same. So, even if you use a different barbell, sometimes the tensile strength or the whip is different, but pretty much like the width of the knurling, where the rings are. Yeah, how the bar is is pretty consistent, if not perfectly consistent across the board. You use yeah. calibrated plates. Like, stop stepping on our turf, powerlifters. Like, <laughs> I think it's only one federation so far. Yeah, okay. that has allowed it. Yeah. but yeah, yeah well, this federation it could be the beginning of the end. Yeah, there's a federation with the slingshot. So, fuck, who knows what powerlifting's up to now? It's true. There's Fifty it's federations. True. It's wild west out there at the moment. Yeah, all they need is straps. Yeah. Yeah, and then they're basically strong men. Yeah. And then if they come at us on Instagram now, we can be like <coughs> wearing straps. Yeah. <laughs> Glass houses. So yeah, there's that bar coming in mm. as well. Okay. It's wild out there. Yeah. That's Chris Duffin for you. Yeah. yeah. Wants, like wants to do touch and go sumo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bring back the touch and go sumo. Yeah. Yeah. I like Chris Duffin though. Mm. They've got really good content, like the Kabuki stuff. Yeah, it's all great. Yeah. Yeah. It's just when you see that bar and you see the setup, you're like, oh. That should not be in everything else. It's not powerlifting. Yeah. Saves your feet though. Yeah. I mean, like I get powerlifters and like people say, oh, aren't you worried about your feet when you're doing atlas stones and stuff and you're dropping? I'm like, I have never dropped an atlas stone on my foot. I mean, we yep. had someone do it in the gym the other day. So, <laughs> fuck their foot up. Yeah, it wasn't good. But I mean, I've never done it and never dropped anything on my foot before. And um, I watch sumo deadlifters. I love the way I'm like, yep. Oh, that's way more dangerous. Yeah. This far <laughs> yeah. Off. Like, I get it when they do singles and they jump their feet in, when they yep. like drop the bar. Absolutely. But you can't do that when you're doing reps. No. And like, I mean, I'm pretty solid, but sometimes my bar definitely sneaks across or like bounces across. Yep. Like, are you allowed to jump in in comp? I don't know. I don't think you can for nah. some reason. Yeah, I don't know why, but that's all. Yeah, potentially. You can't move your feet. Yeah, yeah. So I think as you're dropping, you can't mm. shuffle your foot in. That makes sense. I'd imagine so. I never thought about it because I don't lift like a su- sumo. I don't lift, <laughs> don't sumo. lift like a little <laughs> I was bit. Say, so yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't lift like a little bitch. <laughs> but I, I use a suit and straps yeah, and I don't yeah, lock out. Yeah, hey. Have you seen me in a suit? What you yeah, I have it. Watch, watch your mouth. I have once. What you fucking <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, yeah. once. Once, because I hated it. Because mm. it takes the fun out of it. Yeah, it's not enjoyable. It's not enjoyable. I watched a video the I other day with Graham Hicks. Yeah. And he was getting in it. And he's like, I just wish they'd ban these. Yeah. He's like, this is not fun. No, but he, but he wears fun. it because like he an hour and a half session and you get three deadlifts in and you like shuffle your feet in. and yeah. just, I don't get it. 
I did mine for the once every two years. Yeah. I mean, fun. If you lift more weight, you know, great. Mm. It's like raps. They're not fun either. No. But nice for the ego. I might start using raps. Soon. I was laughing at the boys in the gym because like, uh, <laughs> the the put a t if you're wearing a suit, put a t shirt on so no one understands yeah. the difference. <laughs> like, like oh my deadlift jump up thirty kilos and I can't see. I put a t shirt on over this suit so no one can see on the Instagram world that I'm using a suit and now I just look super fucking strong. It's like, we know, bro. Like big chunky straps. Big, popping yeah, out yeah, the back but like the shoulders. and the bulge in the thigh where the yep. shit suits like cutting in. <laughs> it's yeah. like I see you. It's <laughs> a weird pair of shorts. Yeah, <laughs> they're real tight. Yeah. <laughs> Um, talking about like redlining and like competitions and stuff like that. I think it's interesting with the fatigue management side of strongman, and that's probably being thrown around a little bit more. Uh, we talked about it a little bit the other fortnight, like in terms of like the whole RPE, uh, fatigue management, you know, like overcomplicating prehab, rehab, yep. and like people not working harder or stuff anymore. But do you think in strongman? when it's competition season, fatigue management is a little bit of a myth? Well, you just can't take days off. Mm. And you can't just be like, oh, just take the next two weeks off because you have a comp. Yeah. And then another comp. Yes. And then another, another comp. comp, right? Like, Yeah, you, you have a season. Because I think that's going to be definitely an interesting theme that I, th I foresee athletes are going to start to have trouble with, uh, especially if... They're athletes that lack a little bit of grit. Yep. That they're going to start to have trouble with fatigue management. Yep. Because you have to train tired. Like you have to train and a little sore. bit sore. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I think um, it's going to be really interesting. There's just so many comps coming up and with the series and stuff, it's more regular competing. A lot of athletes who have come into the sport over COVID or just before COVID, haven't done a lot of competitions. I've done one comp and then it's a six month break because we yep. got locked down. And uh, now there's competitions regularly. I definitely foresee that people are going to have a little bit of trouble backing things up. And yep. fatigue management is going to start to become uh, probably thrown around a lot more. My thing or like my belief around this is if you are not strong enough, if you do not have a strength surplus for the level mm. of competition that you're doing and you're entering many competitions, then strength manage like uh, fatigue management is definitely going to be a, a myth. Yep. Like it's just not going to be achievable because, you know, you're training to get anywhere between four to eight events ready on a weekend at once, ready to go to express your strength in those given events. Yeah. Right? which is the culmination of a training block leading up to sort of one day. How do you manage that when strongman is a full body day every day? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And neurally taxing, but like it's just taxing full stop as well. Like it's taxing on joints and musculature, like it's neurally taxing. And there's no day where you get to lie down on your back and do a bench press. No, you still come in and do overheads and you're like, I still have to pick that log up off the ground. Mm -hmm. I still have to squat it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting because I just think the fatigue management side of stuff, while imperative and obviously yep. balancing programming, recovery sessions, all that stuff, can help to a degree. Mm. I think if you're looking down the barrel of comp competition season, I think athletes are going to have to sort of be prepared or be understand that like you're going to start to feel sore 
or you're going to start to build up little niggles or you're going to start to feel tired coming into training. Yeah. Well, the first thing is you just pick your battles. Yes. And that's you the most pick, important thing. You pick what's the most important comp. But if you want to do all the, the most series important and you want to qualify, you don't get to pick. Well, you're not going to smash every single one. No. You're not going to be at your absolute best mm, at every correct. single one. Yes. So maybe pick the comp that has your best events. Mm-hmm. Send that hard. Yeah. And then just turn up to the others. Yes. And have a show. Yeah. Like try as hard as you can. Mm. But if there's a heavy yoke at three of them, you can't just do heavy as all hell yoke. You're not going to be able to do heavy yoke for six months. <laughs> yeah. No. God, no. And then there's a max deadlift in one and yeah. you're like, well, that's out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like heavy yoke is my whole week. <laughs> yeah. Like I spent my neural pennies on the heavy yoke and now I've got nothing yeah. else to give. Even for middleweight series, I did heavy yoke every second week mm. and then I did heavy deadlifts on the opposite. Which like undulating. Because I put a suit on. Yeah. So undulating and programming is a great way to still lead into a peak where everything culminates at one point. Right? Yeah. To express strength when you need to but also manage recovery a little bit better. But you also have three other events to train for during the week. Yeah. And this event was actually a little bit kind because the sandbags is like a little bit of a give me in the week, right? Yeah. Like still tough in terms of like output and power and force, but Mm. it's definitely not going to wreak the havoc on your body like stones, heavy yoke and farmers, heavy deadlift and like log work. Yeah. Well, I just didn't really do the stones Mm. because... I could already do the weight that I'd kind of set out to do. Yes. So I'm like, I just need to touch it every now and then. Yeah. So I, even for this one comp, Mm. I would have half prepped for it. Which? I didn't really do yoke press. I didn't even touch a barbell for pressing. Yes. I just stuck on log. Yeah. Because in the long term, I'm like, well, I need to get better at log. Yeah. And I think that actually plays into part in terms of like talking about what we can do. And it's like, I'll probably backtrack a little backpedal a little bit and saying it's not that fatigue management is a myth. It just gets harder. Yeah. And there's ways that we do it through programming and recovery and stuff. But at the end of the day, there's only so much we can do yeah. if you're competing regularly because the comp loads are set. It's not powerlifting when you get to choose your loads and you yeah. can have a mock meet or you can have like a cool, I'm just going to go hit seconds and stuff like that and get some practice on the platform. That's not how it works. The events yeah. are set, the loads are set. You have to do what we give you. Yeah. Or we ha- you have to be able to hit those loads that the competition's given, right? Mm. So there's only so much that you can do. But an example like that is perfect where that's also picking the events that need work and discarding the others that you know that you can hit without yep. having to train for it. Yeah. Which I think is one of the smartest ways to do it. Yeah. I think if you can not stress and mentally burn out, mm. you can juggle those things yeah. with a somewhat like sensible mind. Yes. Well, uh, you, can, uh, you can balance that redlining a yeah, lot better. Yeah, 100%. As long as you just don't go in and go, I just need to get better at this and you just throw your head against the wall. Yeah, and you keep, and and you hope keep that it gets head better. butting the wall trying yep. to get better at that. And like, and then you do bad at the comp and you're like, no, okay, the next comp's no on. Point I'm just going to go a 120 harder. log for three weeks. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you're trying to hit like that max log or something like that, and that's yep. your max. There's no point doing that. But it's also like if you've got a great yoke and farmers, maybe you don't train that nearly as much also. Yeah. I think that's probably one key thing to look at in terms of like if you're training for strongman or training for all these events coming up and you've got five events in the next like three months or four months or something like that. Yeah. It's like kind of picking, you don't have to train every event. Mm. Like let's put the strong back in strongman. Like you just have to be strong first. 
if you're strong first and you don't actually need to do as much strong man or you don't have to do as much heavy strong man you can do skill based strong man you yeah. can do lighter strong man um, and you can focus on getting strong and then express that with the events but like i think the first and foremost thing that people forget is like you just need to be strong yep like to be like once upon a time in strong man we weren't strong man we were wrestlers and bodybuilders and powerlifters <laughs> and they went you all look like strong fucks like let's get you all together and go carry some fridges and we'll see who the strongest man in the world is that's how strong yeah. the strongest man in the world we'll give like, you the, random the things man. yeah world's strongest man was invented and they literally just got the big strong fucks from around the world and like from around mostly America at that point in time. Yeah, it was America. <laughs> America's strongest man. Yeah, the World <laughs> Series. Isn't that the world? Yeah, the World it, Series of baseball. It, yeah, isn't, isn't that American. the world? America's yeah. the world, right? <laughs> um, and they just went, cool, you're all really strong in your given sports, uh, like weightlifting, powerlifting, the whole deal. And they got them all together and they gave them five events and they went, cool, load that wheelbarrow and throw that shit over there. You're going to pick that fridge on your back and run it the quickest. Then we're going to do a squat with eight bikini girls on your shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was like totally random. Um, but like, that's what it was. It wasn't like specific strongman training or not nearly as specific as what we have now, which is, yep. I mean, it has to be specific now. Like we're sport. Like yep. that is a key factor. But the first factor of that is like strong, man. Yeah, there's both in. So I don't think, I think you're right. Like, I think if you focus on being strong or you're feeling strong, you can get away with not prioritizing some of those events that you know, like, like I didn't fucking touch a stone for five months. Yeah. I can still do a 170 in the shoulder, apparently. Yep. Apparently. Shocked. <laughs> yeah. I was fake like, stones. Oh. Yeah, fake stones. But like, so I wouldn't train that event. Yeah. And I don't need to train deadlifts as much, right? Like if I was mm. doing that comp, I wouldn't have to like smash my deadlifts. But I would have to work on like my overhead reps and rep flow and yep. stuff. And I would, so I would focus on those things and I could undulate or just like sparingly do the others. Which if I was doing more comps after that comp, I'd be looking at the next comp and like start looking at like what's there and maybe incorporating some of that in there as well. Yeah, you start to piece it together. Mm, yeah. So anyone that I had doing middleweights, um, so Nick... And Nick White, yep. both going to do Queensland's in like three weeks. Yeah. So if they had a chance, they did some light power stairs. Yes. Leading into yep. this. Yeah. But I was like, that's not the focus. Like if your back's cooked, yeah. get rid of it. Yeah. Focus on this. But but they touched on it a little bit. Yeah. And then now that this is done, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, now we can focus on that more. The transition. You're not throwing easier. sandbags. You're not yes. even, you're not shouldering stones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your posterior chain's a lot fresher. Yeah. Usually like, actually I've had a few people that have signed up for a comp. And they're like, so do we start on a new program now? Do I stop? Th I'm in week three. Do I just stop this? And I'm like, it's four months away. <laughs> yeah. So you don't really yeah. need to train for the comp yet. <laughs> so like, do we start a new program? That's, that's clearly triggering. <laughs> so, so, tr so triggering. I just, I just want to start on the comp prep. I'm like, oh, all year, we're, it's comp prep all yeah, year. Yeah, we're, 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 we're always prepping all year. Yeah. Like, we're not, we don't need <laughs> to start prepping for this comp five months away. We're, we're working on getting strong. We've got a plan. Yeah. Get strong. <laughs> and then we'll move into the competition. Like, oh, yeah, man, I just, um, I did some strongman stuff. I didn't really do the program work, but I, um, I picked up the tombstone and did a bit, a few bits and pieces this week. Just, um, for the next comp that I've signed up just to get a feel for it. I'm like, <laughs> comps next year. 
Like the tombstone's heavy. I don't yeah. think my back's strong enough. Yeah. The, tombstone, the tombstone's not heavy though. That's the other thing. It's yeah. like, like, it doesn't matter what comp it is. It's like, bro, I, you are strong enough that you should do this for four weeks yep. and then do the competition. Like that's, mm. we don't need to train that for four months. So I'm like, maybe a month, two months is absolutely yep. fine because you're doing another comp after that. And that's actually heavy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, we don't need to. <laughs> yeah. You, Nailed it on the head. If I did like a tombstone carry or like coffin carry yeah. for 16 weeks straight, I'd hang myself. <laughs> I can, <laughs> I can, I can confidently yeah. say you'd but wake up one morning, you'd come into the gym, I'd be, that's a tall roof, but I'd find a way. There's a rope. <laughs> yeah. You've got a climbing rope. Trigger, trigger yeah. warning. But like, well, oh. it's, it's either so heavy that I'm just progressively getting heavier over 16 weeks or I'm just running comp weight for 16 weeks to where mentally <laughs> I fucking hate it. Yeah, I'm going to hate it for oh, one. Yeah. I'm not going to be excited for yeah. the comp and my times are going to go up and down. Yeah. I'm eventually just going to burn out. And you know when you know clients as well and then you're like, they get super excited and they sign up for the competition. <laughs> this is 100%. You know, three weeks out. I, I just want to Yeah, like, they're like eight weeks out. They started 16 weeks out and they started doing like comp events and stuff. And I'm like, I purposely hold off. Like if you're doing strong man, like you like variety. Right, like if you're doing strongman, you like mixing up your movements and stuff like that. You're not doing powerlifting because it's a boring three movements for the rest of your life, and yep. like that's terrible, right? We're just big, heavy crossfitters that can't do twenty things, so yes. we just rotate through like eight. Rotate a few, right? Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. We're not that skilled. No, not that skilled, <laughs> but like moderately skilled and a little bit heavier. Mm. Um, so, like, I know. That if they do it for 16 weeks, they're going to bore. So I, I like hold off programming events until yeah. like eight to 10 weeks away. And then I know that if they do start to sneak those events in pretty early, then by like, like eight weeks out, they're like, oh, I'm just so sick of these events. Yep. I'm like, oh, I'm just I'm not really enjoying training anymore. Like it's like, I'm like. No wonder. <laughs> well, you committed. So too bad. Yeah, it's too close. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we have to do them. Yeah. Yeah. So the joys that's super common. I'm definitely going to get a whole bunch of messages being like, is that me? Like yeah. you're definitely talking about me there. And <laughs> we're talking about this before the <laughs> podcast. Like we had messages in our last podcast of clients yeah. being like, Oh, you're totally talking about me then. I'm like, well, I mean, I don't think I was. And I'm probably <laughs> actually like, um, I wasn't, but if you feel like this is you, then it's you. <laughs> yeah, we need a disclaimer at the start. No one is safe anymore. <laughs> no, just a disclaimer that if we talk about somebody in a yeah. hypothetical, it actually is a hypothetical. Yeah. It's not you. Yeah. No, the tombstone's definitely somebody. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was yeah, just was throwing it out there. That was very. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few. There's yeah. a few with very similar vibes for sure. Because I mean, we're all cut from the same cloth, right? Like mm. strong man, like it's the same thing. You get an event, you get excited. You, I'm not even doing Vic's strongest man, and I threw in yoke squats the other day for the yeah. You already started on it. Yeah, that's a long time away. Yeah. Uh, so maybe I'm just talking about myself. Don't know. Mm. Um, you said earlier, which I found interesting. You said like if everything else is going well uh, in your life, or like everything's doing well, uh, you find that training goes better, or fatigue management is better. Or like yeah. you're less likely to bang your head up against the wall for multiple things. What do you mean yeah. by that? So I think we all get to a point while training strongman where you just sit down and you're like, okay, I am strongman. Yeah. This is me. Sure. And then you get really attached to that. Yeah. And you get attached to everyone knows me for being 
this strong. You identify or doing as a strong this. Man. Yeah, your identity yeah. becomes yeah. what you do. Yeah. So you lose everything else, which means if you're not strong anymore, you're like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I have no worth. Yeah. Because yeah. my only worth is yeah. strong man. Is how, how my numbers look, right? Yeah. Is and my I performance guess, and how people view that. Yeah. And then if that means that everything else starts to slide, because people forget that stress or like cortisol is the release for the body. Like your body doesn't discriminate between training mm. stress and life stress, right? Yeah. So it's like if the way that I sort of look at it or the way that like when you were talking about it, I was thinking about it is I can see that if Lee lives a very blessed life, <laughs> he's one of the strong men that doesn't carry too much trauma. <laughs> <laughs> but like if the... If everything outside of training is going well, you know, like work's going well and family life or home life is going well and all these other things are going well or you've got other things in your life that fill your cup, then training goes well, yeah. right? Like it has that cascade of positive benefits, right? Yeah. Where if on one side, if everything else at home or everything else is not going well, you don't have mm. anything that's filling your cup outside of training, then... Training goes worse, right? Yeah. Or the worst version of that is when you are so attached to your identity as a strong man. And I think yep. this is what you're talking about. When you're so attached to your identity as a strong man that when training starts to slide, because it's inevitable, right? Yep. Like training, like strength isn't linear. It has peaks and troughs. When your training starts to slide... <laughs> then everything else in your world goes to shit also. Yep. And I think that's the most dangerous one, right? Yeah, that's a bad one. Yeah, like sometimes you can't uh, can't manage life stress as well as what we'd like, you know? Like sometimes things are a little bit out of our hands. I mean, how we yep. react to situations is obviously on us, but sometimes the world throws curveballs at you, right? But one thing that you can control definitely is how you, how you react to your training yeah. and how that affects or impacts your life outside of it. Because I think that's the most dangerous one. When yeah. training slides and it affects your mood so much or it affects your mentality so much because you've identified or attached yourself worth so closely to being a strong man or the strong guy that you let that impact everything else outside of the gym. Yeah. So it's like a double-edged sword because like if everything in life is going to shit... Mm. If I've got training and training's going well, like it doesn't have to be going great, but if it's going well, that's like grounding. Yeah. I can be like, oh, I'll go to the gym. I'll train. Mm -hmm. Like it's not stressful. It's like yes. therapy. Yeah, for it's sure. It's nice. Yeah. So you've got that where there's an importance on it holding together, life yeah. falling apart. Yeah. But then if that falls apart on top of everything else, mm. then everything falls apart, so which is healthier. Yeah. But if everything in life's great and yeah. then your training just kind of falls apart, and then it goes backwards. Mm. Like that's really unhealthy. Yeah, and I think, I think this is like really that's like really mentally unstable to be yeah. holding on to training, being like, if this is good, mm. everything in the world is good, and if this falls apart, everything's fucked. Yeah, I agree, and I think this is you'll be up and down a lot. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> that whole burn, burn, um, burn bright, but burn fast thing yep. is probably inter interrelated with this. Longevity in our sport is so important. It really does become whoever stays in the longest gets the strongest. You accumulate mm. skill, you accumulate strength. Um, I pulled up an old photo of us doing that strength quest. Mm. Com. <laughs> it's like Com, us yeah. and Maka. Fuck, we're old. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a YouTube video of you pulling 300. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And it looked 
Tough. <laughs> Please. <laughs> 300 was never tough. I came out of the yeah. womb pulling 300 as a speed rep. <laughs> um, but there's a big group photo of everybody yeah. that's there. Yeah. And it's like me, you, Smitty, and mm. Macca. Yeah. And I look at everyone else and I'm like, where'd that, you go? That's right. Yeah. That person existed. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so many yeah. people have just come and gone. Yes. And usually some of the strongest. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I've like seen some guys. Some of the biggest and strongest just mm. rock up and you're like, oh, wow, they're going to be something. And then gone. Gone. Yeah. Just disappeared. We talked about this the other day. Like, we've just been here so long that we're just trying to stay ahead. Yeah. Like, that's, we're just ahead of the game because we were here before everyone. But yeah, when I look at old photos, Mm. Like there's not many of us left and I see great potential in so many people. There's been people come through the ranks where I'm like, that person's definitely going to beat me in a year or two, but they don't last a year or two because I think they throw everything behind it and they burn bright and they get strong mm. so quick and then they just fade because they burn out, right? Like they yep. red line early or they don't have the longevity. But I think a big part of that, and this is what I was talking about with the, the relationship between training going poorly and then the rest of your life going poorly or vice versa i think there's a real danger and i think it's really important for like young athletes and i talk to our young male athletes especially about this because something that i definitely found with myself and identify with myself and adjusted it but when you are a young athlete and your identity and self-worth is so wrapped up in being the strong man or the big guy or the badass dude or whatever this transcends lifting right like this transcends can be the best footy player and your like self-worth is tied around like your performance it doesn't matter mm. what it is but if your self-worth is so attached and wrapped around a certain thing a one thing if that starts going poorly and we'll use strong man as the example of that because yeah. strength isn't linear and there will become a time where you start to hit a wall or you slip backwards or you have an injury and you have niggles and then suddenly your self-worth becomes less because your numbers are less your performances are less you're not getting trophies and then everything else in the world starts to spiral because you feel less like yeah. you feel like you're bringing less value or you're not feeling like uh, happy within yourself i think the most important thing that i talk to young men about who are coming up who i see or start to see the inkling of this happening is you need to plant more roses in your garden right you need mm. to plant uh more roses than the one that you hedge your all your bets on if this is strong man plant other things and enjoy other hobbies right like have other things that fill your cup outside of strong man so you're not intertwining your complete value system for self-worth around the one thing that is can be so fickle Do you know well, what i mean you should, have more, you should have more wins in life yes than just a pb in the gym correct right if that's the only thing that you're winning at like mm. that's yeah. not a good life and we were <laughs> We sort of well, doesn't have to be work, but like like yes. you said, hobbies, anything, yeah. relationships. Work, hobbies. Well, that's what I did with myself when I identified this with myself, and it was like training's going down, and like my, I felt like my mental health slipping because uh, I, like everyone, hit a fucking wall with my yep. training, right? And everything else was kind of spiraling because of that, um, and I had less. I wasn't as happy in the gym, yep. working, and all that sort of stuff. I went cool. I need to do something about this because I spend all day sitting at a computer watching people do strongman. Yep. I then go coach strongman and people in the gym, and then I go compete in strongman, and I am the strongman. Yeah. Right. And I went okay, cool. So I started hiking, and I started, and it wasn't like easy. Like I had to play with or reinvent things that I liked as a kid or that I had interest yep. in, and like started delving into that. But I started planting more roses in that garden. So mm. now, 
I take six months off strong, man. <laughs> or like, and you give me shit for it all the time. Yeah. But like, it doesn't bother me. People are like, oh, like, fuck, you lost like five kilos. Like, look at skiing. I'm like, yeah, cool. But like, it'll be back. Yeah. And I had a great time doing the other shit that I love doing. So like, why don't you go to the heavyweights? Well, because I'd be a fat fuck and like, I wouldn't be able to do enjoy all the other hobbies that I, yeah. that fill my cup. Yeah. You know? So I think it's really, really imperative for young athletes to be able to identify when, um, you're seeing things go poorly in your life or you're seeing your training go poorly, mm. that potentially this is you. Yep. Potentially you have intertwined your whole self-worth system and your identity around being something that can be taken away from you at the snap of a finger um, mm. or can start to slip backwards and start to impact the rest of your life and the things that you love that you sort of let fall sideways because what, deadlift slip back? A lot of the time people get upset just because they're not progressing anymore. Mm. It's not even that it went backwards. Yes. They're just like, oh, it's just, it's at the same. And I'm like, yeah, my log sat at the same number for three years. I was going to say, like before recently, <laughs> when was your last log PR, you know? Yeah, probably yeah. like three years. Mm -hmm. I've hit 380 deadlift like three times. Yeah, I tried that 150 log three different peaks at the mm -hmm. end of comps and yeah. missed it yeah, three different times. Yeah, tried 400 twice. Yep. Didn't get it. And yeah. guess what? In between that 400 or those 380 attempts, I wasn't pulling 380. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like back to like 340, 350. Yeah. You know? like That's it's how it works. There. Yeah. yeah. It does this. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't just, like, if it was a rocket ship and it just kept going up, like mm. I'd be on the moon. I'd be pulling <laughs> 500. I'd be, I'd, be, yeah. I'd be going 475, 505. No fucking worries. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, um, it's definitely like a pride. Mm. It's definitely like a male pride and an ego thing because definitely it, an ego thing. It doesn't really happen with women. Mm. Less because, so. Well, less so. Definitely the, does. But the training, coming into the gym, it's more therapy. Mm. It's a little bit more like empowering. Like you're doing something different that a lot of women are just too scared to do. Yeah, for sure. So you're already in a very small group, which is also that is doing that for it a positive other benefit. females too, and has yeah. such a positive impact. Whereas the guys, it's like somebody out deadlifts you, and all of a sudden your ego's broken. Yeah, and like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a better man than me. Yeah, and it's like, and no. it's so intertwined with like man manliness or yeah. manhood, right? Yeah. So the women tend to take it mm. like any women that I have that miss a lift or miss yeah. something, they get upset about it, but they're like, it's all right. Next week, we'll yeah. take it again. Yeah, yeah. For Whereas sure. the guys. You're like an essay of like crying yeah. and just like breaking down. Strong men are so much hard work than like, yeah. like strong dudes, way harder than strong females much of the time. Yeah. Just in terms of like so they get really peaks upset. and troughs and emotional, like not emotional, just like they tend to very much be up and down well, a lot of the time. They're just attached to it. Yeah, 100%. The women get upset and then kind of take it on the chin and go, well, I'm just not strong enough. Yes. Whereas the guys get upset and then the next thing is, well, I had five hours sleep. I didn't have my pre-work. Like, there's excuses. Yeah, yeah. Of and course. then it eventually it gets to the end where it's, okay, I'm just not strong enough. Mm -hmm. But first there's the denial. Yeah, yeah. And denial there's the excuses. Yeah. <laughs> because the ego's still attached <laughs> yeah. to it. So it's and like, oh, it's not me. And I mean, to be great. Someone walked in front of me. Yeah, like of course. Yes, I didn't get my gym my bar. Platform. Yeah. Yeah. It's all off. I didn't get my deadlift bar. Like, To be fair, there is an element that, like, I don't think that... You can dissolve an ego, like, you know, like Eckhart Tolle, like dis dissolution of ego and stuff like that. Like, mm. I don't necessarily think we're all humans. You're going to have an ego. Like, if you close the if you close the door on the ego, you'll probably become one of those self-enlightened fucks that has an ego around being self-enlightened and yep. having dissolved their ego, right? Like, mm. one door closes, another window opens, and ego yep. sneaks in the back door, right? But, like, ego is 
okay in yeah. our sport. Like it is a sport of narcissists. Like you're an individual sport. Like you have to believe that you're going to be the best. You have to have some ego and you have to be attached to outcomes because if you're not yeah. attached to outcomes, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. But it's when you're so attached to outcomes and it impacts your self-worth yeah. that it becomes a problem. Like Lee is a great example of how'd you go on the weekend? Eh, I did good, but I could do better. Yeah. That's a great outlook, right? Like as much as he's shall celebrate himself more potentially, that's but that's I'm, saying I'm old now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm on the back yeah, end of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's that thing of you can't squash ego. No. You can't ignore the bad sides of yourself. No. Or 100%. the bad traits that you have. You cannot utilize them in a healthy way. What was the um swear it was like a niche quote or something mm -hmm. like that? It was like the line between good and evil. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. run through nations yes. and stuff. It runs yep. through every person. Yes. Or um, people talk about like their shadow self. Yeah, shadow and, self. And like knowing what it is, incorporating it back in. Yes. So if you have a lot of pride, yeah. if you have anger issues, if you have this, you have mm -hmm. that, figure out what you have. Don't ignore it and be yeah. like, nah, that's not me. Yeah, for sure. Just accept, just it accept it that it you're a you. shit human. 100%. <laughs> yeah. And you're not a shit human. Like, we're not a self We're, we're, all, we're all a shit human yeah. in, some, yeah. in some small well, way. This is the, I always say like, accept that and then incorporate it back in and be like, how can I work with this? We all have a shadow. Because this is me. And you can't get rid of your shadow. Yeah. You can minimize it. When yep. you're standing in the sun, it might be less, but definitely you've always got a shadow. Like we always yep. have our troubles or we always have a darkness. When it's, or when like it's sunny issues. out, yeah. when it's sunny out, everything's good. Yeah, 100%, right? <laughs> yeah. You want to go with the analogy. Yeah, yeah, 100%. When the sun's out, everything's great. Of course. But yeah. it's how, how do you manage, knowing that you have your shadow and you can't get rid of it. Yeah. How do we utilize that? Like people see me in the gym and they're like, Oh, you're such like a kind or like gentle human, and they see me in the bar, and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 I have some anger in there, I guess. Yeah. But I only really see it most of the time when it's like, no, don't get me wrong, I can get angry, but like most of the time, it's pretty much towards strongman. Like, that's yep. where it is. I think it's like knowing that and utilizing it. But I think as a whole, I think uh, understanding where those pitfalls are or where your things that you need to work on are and utilizing them positively, yeah. but then also knowing where the line is in terms of uh, performance outcomes and self-worth outcomes lie. Yeah. So if you can realize that you're getting really attached mm. to training yeah, and it's upsetting you and it's affecting your life, yes, then you can sit and be like, maybe I should get a hobby yeah. as well. Yeah, or, maybe I should um, fill my cup somewhere else. The, bull, the Bulls documentary from the Chicago Bulls, mm -hmm. Do you watch that? Yeah, the um, last dance. Yeah. So I really like that they go and like gamble and play golf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's an outlet. It's an outlet. Yeah. It's still super competitive, mm -hmm. but it's not attached to anything. Yeah, for sure. Because they're basketball players. Yeah. So like that's the thing, like if their game goes to shit, I mean, they're professionals, they get paid, it's their job. Yeah. It's a little bit different. But if their game goes bad or they're having a go at each other for their game, like it's personal. Yeah. Because it's their job. Yep. Whereas they can go play golf. They want to win because they're competitive. Yeah. But if they lose, there's no outcome. There's a bit of a laugh for it. Yeah. Yeah. And 100%. it's an outside hobby. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think there's people like, why are you doing that? That's not your sport. Shouldn't you just focus yeah. on this? And it's like, no, do a lot of different things. Mm. And then you have outlets for everything else. Yeah. So the lesson in general is if you feel yourself burning out, if you feel yourself redlining or you feel yourself uh, being attached to outcomes to the point where it's impacting your life outside of the gym, yep. go get a fucking hobby. 
<laughs> but still keep coming to the gym. Keep, still keep coming to the gym. Because people go, I'm burning out. Yeah. I'm just not going to go for three weeks. Yeah. And they just sit on the couch for three weeks and do nothing. And probably the last thing to mention is uh, we were talking a little bit earlier, This, which prompted this chat, which was, um, I just needed this. I just, I maxed out today and I just needed yep. to max just out. Needed like I needed win. to go heavy. I just needed a win. And we're like, do you want it? <laughs> what did I say? I was like, like, maybe uh, you should get a win in the rest, in the other yeah. parts of your life. <laughs> stop, stop losing at the rest yeah, of your life. Yeah, stop losing yeah. at the rest of your life, right? Like if you're winning in other areas of your life, you won't feel the need to like have to have a win and like throw your head against the wall and come in here and fuck your whole program up. Yeah. You should be trying to win at everything. Yeah. 100%. Which will make you better in here. Always. So. That's the strong man say. Deep. <laughs> <laughs> went on a turn. Yeah, went on a turn. Yeah. I uh, hope you enjoyed. Any feedback, we'd love to hear it. Uh, you can follow uh, Lee at the uh, Strength Zen, at yep. Strength Zen, and myself, the strong man. Way tongue tied there. Uh, we'll see you in Fortnite. Yeah, sweet.